This is part two. The day I met my true love. The only girlfriend I ever had during high school was the short, shy, and chubby Nancy Wackersley. Nancy was a star student in my mother's journalism class, and our dating had been arranged by Mother Dear. Though we went steady for four months, we were never any more sensual than the occasional kiss. This was largely my doing because to kiss under the circumstances seemed more than enough. Nancy was an expert on the organ. She had a part-time job playing for rosaries at her neighborhood funeral home. I'd often accompany her, these being our more memorable outings. On one side of a curtain would be the coffin, corpse, and mourning family. On the other side, the organ, so we could whisper and make faces without being heard or seen. Nancy usually played Bach. I often dared her to break into something like, hello, Dolly, but she was never quite the good time gal I was prepared to be. In fact, the only time I remember seeing her crack a single smile was prior to the service when the undertaker would admit us to warm up the organ. I'd go straight to the coffin, prop up the corpse, rearrange its position, and maybe even pop a cigarette in its mouth. Once, I almost got her fired when I put a baseball cap on an old lady. I forgot to remove it before the service began. When the mourning family hail married by and saw their deceased loved one sporting a little red cap that said, the Arkansas Traveler, they laughed hysterically. They couldn't calm down. The service had to be restarted three times. When Nancy and I decided to call it quits, I thought that would be the end of her presence in my life. Wrong. I might have been prepared to let her go, but Mother Dear was not. For years to come, anytime I was anywhere near Little Rock or Nancy happened to be anywhere near a place I might be living, she was painfully paraded out in hope that the mere sight of her would be enough to straighten me up. During the last year in which I was living in San Francisco, three of Nancy's brothers lived there too. They were enrolled in the Catholic University. She was to visit them in June. I learned of her plans when Mother Dear called and said Nancy would be phoning. And you had better be nice, if not for her sake, then for mine. When Nancy called, I used my good sense and decided to throw a brunch. My roommate, Tom Quinlan, had a friend visiting from out of town also, from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I was familiar with Saskatoon because I knew it was the hometown of that forlorn visionary, Joni Mitchell. Though I'd never met Tom's friend, I insisted he be invited to the brunch also. The more, the merrier. A week prior to the engagement, my life fell apart for the hundredth time. I was despondent and decided the best thing to do was go away for a few days and collect myself. I settled on Yosemite National Park. I would hike into the wilderness and isolate myself among nature. When I got there, I was so terrified of being eaten by a grizzly bear that I spent my entire time on the edge of a very popular campground watching tourists rough it in Winnebago's. I needed to leave San Francisco. I was in a definite rut. I needed to stop sitting around cafes, and I needed to write more plays. But most of all, I needed to stop thinking about love. Why did I let the quest rule my every waking moment? I promised myself I'd change.
back in the city the morning of the brunch and feeling a great deal better about myself. I was whipping pancake batter like a wild thing. We lived on the crest of a hill. At the appointed hour, I looked out the window and sure enough, there came Nancy huffing and puffing toward our building. When I heard the doorbell, I donned my most welcoming smile. But when I thrust it open, it did not reveal a winded Arkansan. Far from it. There stood a blue-eyed, blonde Canadian. His smile was radiant. I felt immediately weak. Well, you look like a live one. I am, he assured me and walked past to greet Tom. Dennis, Tom exclaimed, embracing him. How great you look. Didn't he, though? I watched them disappear into Tom's room, then heard Nancy's familiar voice. Hi. She had an accent just like Gomer Pyle. She wore Bermuda shorts, and her legs were white. She inspected my humble home with a critical eye. She told me all about her job as a city editor with the Houston Post and her rather large paycheck. At any minute, I expected her to propose I flipped pancakes feeling more and more depressed. Just when I was going to give up on love, someone like Dennis would have to come walking through my front door. When the four of us sat down to brunch, I found out he had a paying job working for an association that defended the rights of the wronged. He had come to the city to march in the Gay Freedom Day Parade. I guess it was rude of me, but I didn't pay much attention to Nancy. I just kept talking to Dennis. Finally, she said she had to go and told me I was a wonderful cook. A few minutes later, Tom got up and met to make a phone call, leaving the two of us alone. Though I'm usually quite shy in situations like that, his smile made me brave. I forgot all about my vows and said, What are you doing tonight? Nothing much. Why? Maybe we could meet down at the cafe floor for a cup of coffee or something? I'd love to. What time? Ten? There was a pause. We looked down at our plates, neither anxious to leave the table. Then I said, well, maybe we ought to meet sooner, like this afternoon. Around four? Four would be perfect. There was another pause. I smiled and said, what are you doing now? I've got to find some poles for the banner we're supposed to carry in the parade tomorrow. Poles? We've got poles down in the basement. Come on, I'll show you. We descended three flights. Once through the threshold... We embraced, madly. After we confirmed the existence of poles, we went back upstairs and immediately to bed. We fit like a glove. We met again that evening and were together constantly for the rest of, this, for the rest of his stay. We wrote letters frequently after he left, often three times a day, and we phoned every other night. A month and a half, we met in Vancouver. In the fall, I visited him on the prairies. A few years passed before I saw Nancy Wackersley again. I was in Little Rock. She came at me from across the shopping mall. Why, Billy Leabell, what are you doing with yourself these days? Oh, hi, Nancy. Lots. I've been living up in Canada the last few years. Canada? How'd you end up there? Do you remember that morning you came to brunch? I sure remember those pancakes. Do you remember that guy from Canada who was visiting my roommate? Oh, she said, losing her enthusiasm. We've been together ever since. Well, in that case, I better get over to Sears, for they close. Pick up my new microwave. Be sure and tell your mama hello. 
Bye, Billy Lee. Bye.